I want to start out today with just a few Ted stories. These are really stories that Ted and I shared. But at the very first funeral I ever did here at First Lutheran Church some five and a half years ago, I remember Ted sat over here about where he always sat. And after the funeral, he came up to me and he said, I want you to preach at my funeral. And I said, well, I hope it's a long time from now. Well, at the second funeral I ever preached at First Lutheran Church, Ted was sitting there where he always sits. And he came up and he says, I want you to preach at my funeral, but I'm kind of wondering what you might actually say about me. Could you give me any hints? And I said, I'll have to think about it. Well, after the third funeral I did at First Lutheran, and he sat over there again, he came up afterwards and he said, all I can say is that when I die, my family has to bring you back. I don't care where you are. Now, I told Matthew ahead of the service today, he's lucky I wasn't in India. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper trip from Fort Worth. Enough stories for now about Ted. Let's get started. And I want to start with this simple little Bible passage, part of our text today. Let not your hearts be troubled. That's my message for today. And all of you who mourn the death of our dear friend and beloved brother, Ted, I say to you again, let not your hearts be troubled. Now, I know some of you can say, but pastor, how can you say that? I mean, after all, a death has occurred. I mean, Ted is gone. We're going to miss his company. We're going to miss his conversation. And you're telling us, let not your hearts be troubled. Oh, by the way, another thing, Pastor, maybe if we're honest with ourselves today, we're all just a little bit scared about this whole death thing. So how can you tell us, let not your heart be troubled? Well, to be sure, friends, this world would be this word would be an empty platitude if it were not backed up with some reality. But that's the point. There is reality behind those words. Let not your hearts be troubled, because these are the words of Jesus. And they were directed some 2000 years ago to his disciples. And still today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, these words are directed to you, Ted's family, to all of us here. Let not your hearts be troubled. And these are real, substantive words for us to know and believe because the reality of death is all around us. And to have someone near and dear to us die like Ted, well, that brings death sometimes just a little bit too close to home. It's kind of like the difference between a tornado watch and a tornado warning. A watch says that the conditions are present for a tornado to occur. But a tornado warning kind of moves that up a little bit notch. And those of you that come from Joplin, Missouri, know exactly what I'm talking about. It says the tornado has been sighted in your area, in your immediate vicinity. So this is the time to take cover and do it now. That's kind of the way it is with death. The conditions are present. The conditions are ripe all around us, all the time for death to occur to any one of us, any time, any place anywhere. So here we are today at a funeral, mourning the loss of a loved one. The tornado watch has just been upgraded to a warning. The alert has been sounded. The siren is going off. And this is the time to take cover. This is the time to take shelter. 
And that, again, is exactly what this service is all about today. It's telling us something that Ted knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. I'm convinced of it just from our many conversations, that there is a place where we can find that cover, that shelter, and that place is Jesus. He is the cover for all of our sins, and he is our shelter in the midst of every storm of life. In him we're safe even when we face the fierce winds of death. Today, Jesus again. And I picture Jesus saying this with kind of a smile on his face, and I hope you'd be able to say this continually in the next days to come. Let not your hearts be troubled. See, he's saying, let not your hearts be troubled, for there is a place I am preparing for you. Let not your hearts be troubled, for there is a peace I'm giving you. Just imagine that. A place and a peace from Jesus. You think that might untrouble your heart a little bit? I mean, that's really great news. A place and a peace from Jesus. Now, put it into context. It said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. Most of you know that real well. He said, I'm going to go away. I'm going to prepare a place. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to take you to that place. Guess what? Ted's arrived. He's arrived. These are words Jesus told his disciples. Their hearts were troubled and fearful because Jesus was talking about leaving them. They wouldn't have him around like they were used to. What did he mean? Now, you've got to remember that these words were spoken by Jesus on Monday, Thursday. It was on the night when he was betrayed and arrested and handed over to the Roman officials. The next day would be Good Friday when he would be sentenced to death, when he would die That cruel death on a cross. See, Jesus knows what's coming. He's preparing his disciples for what is coming, but not merely that he's just going to die. Indeed, if that's all it would be, if he's just going to say, oh, by the way, guys, I'm going to die in a couple of days, that wouldn't be any comfort. See, all the happy talk in the world. Oh, don't worry, be happy. Oh, death is just a part of life, or... Oh, at least you'll have the memories. All of that would just be a pile of pious rot, wishful thinking. But it isn't. There's just so much, much more real comfort for anybody who can say, yes, I am a Christ follower. I follow Jesus Christ in faith. And that's dead. And I pray that's so many more of you. Jesus went away. There's no doubt about it. He went the way of the cross. But guess what? That was to our advantage. Because on that cross, Jesus won our forgiveness. And that's what defeats death, and that's what takes the sting of death out of it. You see, it was our sin that created the death problem. It's our rebellion against God that brings about the curse upon us. And all of us are guilty, every last single one of us, every day, in our thoughts, our words, our deeds. We disobey God's commandments, you know, namely, to love the God, love, love your love God with your whole heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't do what I should do. But I also know something about some of you don't either. And neither did Ted. Boy, oh boy, neither did Ted. Did you read his obituary? Oh, man, Ted lived a rough, tough life for some time. He knew it. All you need to know is that he sinned, and he probably sinned boldly, and he probably sinned happily for a while. 
he understood that he was guilty as charged before the throne of God. But God doesn't leave him, God doesn't leave us sinners stranded in our hopeless situations, strangled by those cords of death. God sends his very own son, Jesus, into the world to be our substitute, our covering, our shelter. See, Jesus came on what I call a search and rescue mission. He was successful. He took our sins on him. I said, he who was without sin became sin for us, and he carried all those sins on the cross, not in defeat, but in victory, where he said those words, it is finished. Tetelestai, that's the original language. It's, it's an accounting term. It means paid in full. And he did that so that he could now go and prepare a place for us. I'm pretty sure that most people, when they contemplate death as a Christ follower, begin wondering what that place might be. I mean, I've often talked about my grandma who passed away at age 95, and she was lamenting sometimes why she had to live so long. And I, I reminded her about how God had gone ahead to prepare a place for her. And she said, yes, I believe that. And I said, but God knows how very fussy you are. It's just taking longer for your place. Now, I don't know. Maybe they had to get the, they had to get the plumbing straight in Ted's place. I don't know. But whatever it was, this last week was Ted's time. But you ever want to know what this place looks like? Revelation says, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They'll be his people. God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain, for the former things have passed away. I know you're not supposed to add to Scripture, but I probably would throw in there, and by God, you'd be able to breathe freely. So, friends, this word just says, take shelter, take cover in Jesus, and this, this new heaven, this new Jerusalem, whatever you want to call it, is there for you. And Jesus is the way there, and there's no other. I, don't, I couldn't even begin to tell you how many conversations I ever had with Ted about, I don't know why some people don't understand that it's only Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, there's no safe way out of this world. I mean, nothing else will rescue you from your sin. Nothing else will get you beyond death to a life in heaven. And that, my friends, is what Ted wanted me to make sure that I said at his funeral. It's Jesus. It's only Jesus. He's the only way. He's the only way to the place he's preparing for us. And he is the only one that we need. It's not anything we do. It's what he's done for us. I mean, trust in him and you'll be saved. Just think again. Let not your hearts be troubled, for there's a place I'm preparing for you. Let not your hearts be troubled, because there's peace I'm giving you. I mean, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. You're not as the world gives let not your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. See, this is the peace that will sustain us when our hearts are troubled. I was a little bit more than halfway home, Jason, uh, having lunch with you and Susanna last Sunday, and we'd stopped for a rest stop in Greenville, and I got the text that said, Ted passed. I can't even begin to tell you how my heart sank. It was a troubling experience. And I think the death of anybody does that to you. I just didn't quite know what to do for a moment. But I remembered some words. 
and I'm going to get to this a little while. It was as if Ted whispered them to me in my ear, because in a manner of speaking, he did. I'll get to that in just a minute. This is the piece that supports us when our hearts get fearful, when we suddenly worry about our age. You know, particularly, most of us get a little bit more concerned about death and dying when they die when they're about our age, right? I'm not going to ask you how many of you are close to Ted's age. It's a little shaky sometimes. This is the peace that surrounds us when our hearts are lonely, and there's no doubt about it. People are going to miss Ted. I'm going to miss Ted. I mean, I miss him, and you know, I'm not going to be able to look out where I've seen him sit for as long as I've known him, or that exact place that he would always sit when he came to Bible study, or that desk he would sit behind in his little I don't know, shack. I don't know what else to call it. You're going to miss him. This is the peace that nobody can take away from us, even as we, too, walk through this valley of the shadow of death. Now, I want to close by telling one more Ted story. The last time Ted was in the hospital, and thank you, Jason, for letting me know, because I know Ted's a very private guy. Didn't really want anybody to know he was in there. But I called him, and I'm thinking this maybe three weeks or so ago. And while he was very glad to hear from me, I could also tell that he was in some pain, and as always, he was having difficulty breathing well. And I did say, it's kind of a dumb question to ask of anybody in the hospital, so how are you doing? And he said, well, they're concerned about my vitals. And then he said, I'm not sure why, but they seem to be concerned about it. But then before hanging up, I asked him if I could just share just the verse of Scripture with him and just a prayer. And he said, sure. And so the verse that I actually had opened in my Bible at my home in, in North Richland Hills was John 14:27. But as I started to say it, peace I leave with you, I could hear Ted on the other end of that phone saying that verse along with me. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Greenville parking lot, Cullum Street Bakery, reading a text. Ted has passed. My heart sinks. And I remember that one final conversation. Let not your hearts be troubled. It was God's way of reminding me that Ted's heart's not troubled today. Nothing's troubled about him. I like what somebody in the family said. Boy, if Ted ain't saved, ain't nobody saved. (laughs) Ted's in a far better place. But he wants us not to have our hearts troubled either. You know, at that point in that conversation, it was very clear to me that those words of Jesus were very near and dear to him. Something he'd memorized, and rightly so. For those words are trustworthy and true. They're words of a promise, words of hope, words of salvation in Jesus. These are words of a place and words of a peace from Jesus to untrouble the most fearful hearts. So, dear friends, I invite you to do today what Ted did and take the promise of Jesus to heart, because it's true. And this is why I can say it to you boldly today. Let not your hearts be troubled. He also wanted me to read a poem. I don't know that I was ever with Ted in that shed that he didn't want to read poetry to me, which is kind of interesting. 
But I've got to tell you something. This is another little story. I think one of the best Bible studies we ever had in the time that I was pastor here was the one Sunday, Wayne, I think you moderated it, and Ted read his poetry. Still remember that. You can follow along. It's on the back of your bulletin. Don't weep for me because this old tent is folded, put away. I've gone to live with Christ my Lord. Forever there I'll stay. He never, ever left my side through all my ups and downs. Ever watching over me, he saved me for a crown. So there's no need for you today to any grief employ. And if there's any tears at all, they should be tears of joy. There's one last thing I want to ask, and ask it with great care, that each and every one of you someday meets me up there. Let not your hearts be troubled. Let's join together in singing this next song. We're going to stand on.